I will not have Ice JJ Fish doing renditions of Prince songs. Like we're if not gonna, doing it. If gonna can not doing that, dog. Not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that, dog. We're not doing that. We're not. I'm not that's that's the hard pass. Yo, it's good. Your voice out, pre-stimulo sticks. It's KTSCF live episode eighty-eight. If you haven't, go back and check out episode eighty-seven, super grimly, where we discuss, uh, you know, the curious case of our our man. Antonio Brown, Quinny Gishapu. It was pretty hilarious stuff. Definitely go check it out. Subscribe. Keep a comment. Uh, we're waiting on a tech to get back here, but right now we have our other host, uh, Marcus Sniffles, aka Packers Supers fan, after his beloved Indianapolis Colts were eliminated from the playoffs by the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars, who have secured the first overall pick again <laughs> for like the 15th time. What's good? Yeah, this shit is embarrassing, man. Like, I think I said it last week. I was like, hey, you know, we could we could get into the playoffs, but we haven't won in Jacksonville in, like, four years. And that trend continued. We proceeded to lay a fucking egg against a rookie quarterback who has not looked good at all this year. So that that just goes to show what's going on right now with the, uh, the Colts team. Um Right now, the Colts group chat wants everybody fired, wants everybody traded. Uh, I'm of the belief that uh, I've, I think Carson Wentz can be good, you know, because I feel like you know this is going to be the first year with uh, this front office and uh, coaching staff that we've had the same quarterback two years in a row. Because when we when we hired our coach, we had Andrew Luck. Then Andrew Luck retired. Then we had Jacoby Brissett. Then we have Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers retired. Now we got Carson Wentz. So I'm hoping for a like Matt Ryan second year Kyle Shanahan type season for Carson Wentz. Like he hopefully he understands the playbook a little bit more. We get him another weapon on offense. Fix our left tackle spot. I mean, if there's a lot of we have a lot of issues apparently, but uh, yeah. So at this point, it's a uh, go pack go being uh, led by the MVP Aaron Rodgers. So I'm just uh, I'm riding that train right now. I got an agenda to push, so. Yeah. Uh, uh, as a Falcons fan, what's up, Chan? Shout out to her in the chat. Uh, follow me back on Instagram. I followed you. I don't think you followed me back. If you did, you don't post anything. But it is what it is. Also, you can follow me on Instagram, at Southbury706, same name. Definitely follow me. If you are into uh, gaming and other funny stuff, gaming and sneakers right now, I might explore some other avenues. But if you play Halo Infinite, I definitely post a lot of videos on there. So tap in. Uh, yeah, so, of course, if you listen to the podcast, if you don't listen to the podcast, new listener, I am, unfortunately, a fan of a poverty franchise known as the Atlanta Falcons. Um, we lost, again, this week to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, which is embarrassing for a multitude of reasons. Um, the first being that we have a Pro Bowl rookie tight end, Kyle Pitts, who was only 59 yards away from breaking the all-time rookie receiving record for tight ends set by Mike Ditka back in the Stone Age. And he finished the game with two receptions for eight yards on five targets. That's the first embarrassing thing. Second embarrassing thing is, is that 
we were getting cooked by Tyson Hill, who if you are in Falcons Twitter or you just watch football, he's not a real quarterback. He's literally a H-back masquerading as a quarterback. He's what people wanted Tebow to be, essentially. But he cooked us 7 for 9, 109 yards, and one touchdown. With a quarterback rating of 153.8, a perfect quarterback rating is 158.3. So he was out there doing his thing. He gets injured in, like, the first quarter. USA oh, is great. made for the same pilots, like Matt. Can come to a stop with barely a bomb. What the heck? <laughs> what is that? Why is this ad playing? Cut off. I mean, gotta save money on auto insurance. Like, shout out to the sponsor. You know, that's good to add up in there. Those USA commercials with Gronk are cringeworthy. Please oh, stop on my television. We have a, a millionaire begging for insurance from guys that are working in looks like restaurants, like, like cooks, bro. Like, stop it. Get that shit out of here. Anywho, back to the Saints. So Tyson Hill gets injured, and Trevor Simeon comes in and goes 9 for 15, 71 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, the reason why this is even more embarrassing is both those guys are not even their real quarterback. Their real quarterback, Jameis Winston, who's been out for a majority of the season, who's a reclamation project. He was a very high pick in the NFL draft years ago. He's a Heisman Trophy winner, national championship winner. He's had his ups and downs, but it looks like he got his act together here at the Saints, and he wasn't even playing. So essentially the Falcons got cooked by a tight end masquerading as a quarterback and a reclamation project from another team who's not even really good. I don't understand the Kyle Pitts thing, honestly. I, I, no, I don't. I, I've been playing this Kyle Pitts thing for the entire season. I'm, I'm not I, – I get he has the potential to be great. I'm not knocking his hustle. I think there's well, a maybe, lot of other factors going to him not being what we want him to be. But I also think a lot of the, the narrative was driven by the media and the fans branding him as the quote-unquote unicorn, the highest draft of tight end in NFL history. Uh, too fast for linebackers, too big for DBs, which did seem to be the case this year. Um, shout out to Lowski in here gloating in the chat, even though his team uh, wasn't a dogfight with the 49ers, but it is what it is. Uh, we'll get to that later. But I think the the bill of goods sold. I think there's potential for him to be great, but right now the inconsistencies is is a bit for much for me. But I also think that's a bit to blame on Arthur Smith, who shout out to Eric Robinson, uh, Mr. ESPN, uh, he he does not think that Arthur Smith should be blamed at all. Not at all. But he his narrative is that Arthur Smith should be lauded for, you know, getting this team to seven wins, even though we had, like, the weakest schedule in the NFL, being in dogfights with teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, again, have the first overall pick. Um, his, his play calling leaves a lot to be desired. He does not get the most out of his weapons. But people assume that, hey, we're going to get more players probably about the same billing as far as talent perspective and and older and older and be better with a significantly tougher schedule. Let me uh, actually talk the talk about something else. Let me get this link out. Let me read the schedule in a second. Let me get the link out to the people. Well, my thing with the Kyle Pitts is that I feel like for a draft pick as high as he, he was for him to be breaking all these rookie tight end receiving records. It feels like he, did not do much. Like it was a pretty quiet season for him. And I, I don't watch every Falcons game, obviously, because I'm not a Falcons fan. But I do like, uh, like follow the uh, DBNR and all that stuff because I, I follow a lot of people from Atlanta and that are Falcons fans. So it's like, yeah, I, 
I've watched a few of their games. I'm just like, there were plenty of times where I'd watch a game and I'm just like, is Kyle Pitts on the field? Because there's a lot of times where he wasn't on the field. And then I'd, it would be like the second or third quarter. And I'm like, have they targeted him? Is he, are they throwing, they're not, like, it's one thing to not get catches, not get yards or put up touchdowns. But then it's another thing where it's like, yo, why aren't you even throwing it to him? Why isn't he on the field? Like, he, you, you spent a top five pick on the guy. If he's not, like, the, who you think he is, he's at least good enough to be a decoy. At the, at the very least, he can be a decoy. But it's like they couldn't even use, uh, use him for that. And it's just like nothing for him in the red zone. Like, there's, like if, he's, if he's not going to be used from 20 to 20, fine. But have a red zone package for him. There's no reason where you have a tight end that big with that type of speed and that type of route running that can't do anything in the red zone. Like he should have been a red zone nightmare. And for him to have one touchdown, I don't know, man. I'm not saying, and I'm not, this isn't about uh, Kyle Pitts. I think it's more so on the coach. Like that's on the coaching staff. Like there's no excuse for a player that high in the draft at that position to not have anything in the red zone for him. Like that's pretty easy, super easy. Well, like, the other thing is, like, I think he's the probably the first player that ever be voted into the Pro Bowl with one touchdown. That's insane. Again, that's that's all that's all narrative driven. They want to create a story. They want to create a star with their whole unicorn thing. The real unicorn unicorn on that team was Cordero Patterson, who Arthur Smith should be thanking his lucky stars that that guy showed up and showed out. Like right now, there's this little a little bit of posturing going on in the media with him. You know, I've seen a couple of stories and pictures like today he wore some cleats that essentially said he'd love to finish his career in Atlanta. And there's been, you know, videos and interviews like, oh, I'd love to retire as a Falcon. What that's telling me is that Cordero Patterson is trying to get ahead of the narrative, pretty much saying like, hey, whenever the Jaguars offer him a better deal and he leaves, he can always say like, oh, well, you guys see that I want to be a Falcon for life. I want to retire as a Falcon fam. You can be a Falcon. At the right price. Are you willing to take the homeboy discount to play for Atlanta? Because we are we should not pay you as a premium player. Like as the season went along, your 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 contributions have kind of gone down a little bit. And that's the regression that happens with guys that are, you know, 30, 31, 32. And he get that type of production. Like he gets a lot of carries and a lot of catches. Like he has his usage rate is super high. Yeah. And and that's the thing, like. Some fans will be like, oh, we need to bring him back no matter what. Like, nah, because according to fans, Arthur Smith is a genius doing what he did with this roster and that he, quote, unquote, made Cordero Patterson. Well, then make another one. Yeah, so that's Run it back in the third or fourth round and, and get it cracking because they're going to be younger, fresher legs, make it work. Resigning, resigning CP as much as I'm, I'm, I'm all for uh, – players getting their money, getting paid, all that stuff, getting security. Like, I hope he does get his money, but if the Falcons front office decides to give him, like, a big deal, considering they don't have a lot of cap space, that's a sign of a bad team and a mismanaged team because that wasn't the plan. He wasn't the plan. He wasn't the go-to guy. You didn't sign uh, this guy who's been on a bunch of different teams for a one-year vet deal for you to turn around and give him, like, a three-year, you know, $40 million contract. That wasn't the plan. It couldn't have been the plan. And if it was, then you guys are playing with Julio. And yeah. Julio was not there. 
Yeah, Julio's uh, sitting out because he has a uh, first round bye. I don't know. Julio scored a touchdown today. No, no, no. I'm talking about uh, next week. He'll be sitting oh, out because yeah. the Titans have the uh, number one seed because Julio Jones wanted to go somewhere where he could win, and that is what they're doing in Tennessee. Yeah, and, and all the the bum, bitter Falcons fans are like, "Oh, Julio only has one touchdown this year. Oh, Julio could have did this in Atlanta. No." Like, oh, why did Julio go play with Ryan Tannehill? Ryan Tannehill had four touchdown passes today. Ryan Tannehill has led this team without Derrick Henry for a majority of the season to a first-round bye in the playoffs. I'm not saying that Ryan Tannehill is Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or even Matt Ryan, but they have what is called a competent, complete NFL roster, which the Falcons do not. So, yeah, you probably could have had some more run here in Atlanta, got some stats, but we will be doing what we're doing right now, talking about the Falcons being at home. Like, this is actually an ideal scenario for Julio Jones where he's going to a team where he doesn't have to be the man. Like, let him get healthy. If he has an Anquan bolden s run in the playoffs, nobody's going to care what happened to him in the regular season with this one touchdown. If he goes off in the playoffs because he is healthy and they have a good team around him and he wins the Super Bowl, then he won. He yeah. won. Same with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry just supposedly rested up for, like, he missed, I think, eight weeks, eight or nine weeks. And now he gets another bye week, and now they're heading into the playoffs. Julio Jones missed a couple of games. Like they, maybe they're doing that whole, um, you know, the thing that the Spurs used to do, where they just let people sit out rest games. If if they turn around and, and make, go on a run and win the Super Bowl, then it was all worth it in the end. And you and you can't say nothing about it. Like I'm rooting, I'm actively rooting against them because I hate the Titans, but I, I can't say anything else, man. To keep winning games, it's ridiculous. I hate it here, <laughs> and I hate I hate being a fan of a team who doesn't have a good a good quarterback. You know, like you, where where the Colts are and where the Falcons are is as a fan is where you don't want to be. Like you don't want to have a quarterback that is just good enough to keep you from replacing him. Like Carson Wentz, we you know won like nine games this year. Uh, we had to trade a first round pick for him, but he's he's good enough to where we're not going to be in the market for a rookie quarterback is any, and then you don't want to have an older quarterback like Matt Ryan, whose contract is awful for his age. And he's never going to be bad enough except for last year to get you guys in a position to get another quarterback. It's not going to happen. And then you're just in quarterback purgatory at this point. And it's just, you just want to, <laughs> you just want to fast forward things. Like I just want to, I almost want to fast forward the Carson Wentz experience and, Go back into the, you know, I think it was the 2010, the 2010 season where we just lost every game. And it's just like, hey, this is what we're doing, man. We got to start this over. Like, we wasted we wasted a lot of good talent, a lot of talented players on both sides of the ball. And, and you know what? I don't want to put this all on Carson Wentz either because the Colts have the most pro bowlers out of every team in the NFL. They have seven pro bowlers. Carson Wentz played terrible today. Facts. Quentin Nelson played terrible today. Ryan Kelly played terrible today. Jonathan Taylor, because those two guys up front played terrible, he didn't look great today either. Darius Leonard, I can't tell you if he played well or not because he didn't make a single play. I, he, it was almost like he wasn't on the field. Kenny Moore was a victim today. Our Pro Bowl nickel cornerback, he was a victim out there. He's been a victim for the past two weeks where these quarterbacks are going after him. They're looking for Kenny Moore and be like, nah, that's the guy. Nah, cook his ass. Like, we, our starting cornerback got hurt 
and we had a practice player at the other starting cornerback, and they still went after Kenny Moore. It's ridiculous. Like it, it can't be all on Carson Wentz. Like Carson Wentz didn't play good, but we knew who we knew who Carson Wentz was. Carson Wentz is good when everybody else plays to their standard, and no one else played to their standard today. So going back to what I was going to say as far as with the the schedule next year for the Falcons, because, again, the narrative that is forming right now is that it's too early to kind of say anything about Arthur Smith, even though he was brought in and gave this team along with Arthur or I'm sorry, Terry Fontenot, that this is not going to be a rebuild. We like Matt Ryan. We like we see this is going to be a team that's going to be competitive and competent going into, you know, possibly making a postseason run. And we had a losing season that did not look great. But a lot of people will say because we had a better record on paper that we had a better season, which is not true. Like, even though we blew that game last year against the uh, Cowboys with that infamous terrible onside kick non-recovery situation, we scored 40 points. With Dork Cotter, Dirk Cotter, as our offense coordinator who was calling plays from the year 2012. So next year, this is the Falcon schedule. So again, I want you guys to go ahead and lock in because the narrative right now is that Arthur Smith doesn't have the talent, even though the roster was turned over 6% per Aaron Freeman at uh, Lockdown Falcons, right? Um, he is excited. He put out today that Matt Ryan is going to be the quarterback next year, which, I mean, Arthur Blank also said Julio will be a Falcon for life, so take that with a grain of salt. All right, so he's going to have second year in the system, Second year first draft and a free agency. Hopefully, we get some wiggle room with the cap as it goes up. This is the home schedule for the Falcons next year. Mind you, the Falcons won all of one home game this season. Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers, Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints, who we just lost to with their third string quarterback, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and AFC West team to be determined. Away games, Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, Los Angeles Rams, Seattle Seahawks, Carolina Panthers, Saints, Bucks, and the Washington football team. Mm, yeah. Uh, Ain't no Jaguars on this schedule. Nah, that's, a, that's, a, that's a rough schedule. That's, as, especially if you're bringing back the same team. Bringing back that same roster, uh, I don't know, with the limited amount of cash space that they have. Yeah, it, it could be, uh, you know, who's who's the top quarterback? Arch Manning? Arch Manning season for y'all. Nah, they want uh, Bryce Young from uh, University of Alabama. Right oh. now. That's, that's who the hot guy is right now. Yeah, so yes, whoever, yes. whoever the new guy is. How many L's will be coming our way, but, you know, the Falcons fans will have to create a new narrative or excuses why the team isn't good, even though we've, we've been saying this a lot. But, I mean, you know what? I, I, I would love to be wrong. Like, don't get it twisted. I think we're going to be terrible next year, but I hope I'm wrong. Like, if we're wrong, then we all win. But just based on what I saw this season and what I saw how our team looked last year, at least offensively, to now, to what we had to look forward to, yeah, man, not not looking not looking too sweet out here in these streets. So, yeah, and it, it it's also wild when you think that uh, how you said the uh, the Falcons team is worse, even though y'all schedule is better. That's kind of the same thing that happened with the Colts also. Like our our schedule or our, our record is worse than last year, but our team is actually better than it was last year. Like we've improved in a lot of areas that we weren't last year, but we just happened to lose more games. We had a tougher schedule also. So, I mean, maybe with us, I think we play the NFC 
East next season, I think. I'm not sure, but I, I just I know how fans are, and I know how I am. I'm emotional about it right now too, and everybody wants everybody fired, and no one thinks that we're gonna do anything. But it's always next year, and that's the thing with football. Like it, anything can happen, anything can turn over. Like Derrick Henry could fall off of a cliff next season, and even though he kind of did that, did that today or this season, uh, maybe he can turn around next year. And I wouldn't say he fell off a cliff. He got injured, but I mean, he's well, still. That's, that's what I mean. By, that's what I mean by falling off a cliff, where it's just like all them carries catch up with him, and it's just like yeah, you can't you can't have three hundred to four hundred carries consecutively, and and expect him to still be around and be that productive. Yeah, I, I was definitely surprised that he. Uh... Did what he did. I, I, I 100% expect him to kind of fall off, but we shall see. We'll get uh, text views on the Jacksonville Jaguars, who again have secured number one overall pick once he arrives. But what I want to do right now is uh, give a quick RIP to the uh, pioneer, a gentleman who paved the way for black actors, uh, Mr. Sidney Poitier, who passed away at the age of 94. Uh, According to New York Times, he is the first black performer to win an Academy Award for Best Actor for Lilies in the Field. And he definitely has been an inspiration for a lot of black actors. I mean, you can see his impact on the industry. I know Will Smith do, did a tribute. I know there was a recently surfaced video of Denzel Washington, uh, you know, speaking great things about him. Halle Berry came out and said some things about him. And he, he truly was a, a legend, an icon. Uh, he was in movies also to start with Love in He the Night, which was a also a TV series. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which they made a remake of with uh, Aston Kutcher and Bernie Mac, which was not very good. It was good. It was fine. I liked it. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, again, he uh, passed away. There's no uh, cause of death given, but he was 94. He was not. Yeah, he was 94. But you know, you know how that goes. But uh, the reason I kind of brought this up and I, I don't want to be the guy or I will be the guy who does this, um, but I'm about to open my third eye. You know what I'm saying? Donations, donations, donations. I had to get my uh, Dr. Umar on, but it's, it's, uh, it's annoying. And again, I understand Twitter is not a real place, but Twitter does have an influence on real places. Twitter went insane when Betty White passed away. Again, RIP to her. I'm sure she's a wonderful lady. But Twitter is an app that is made functional and made popping by black people. Right? We went insane. We meaning everybody else. I don't I don't care about Betty White. I mean, great lady, RIP. But black people went insane getting these Betty White tweets off. Betty White this, Betty White that. Oh, my God, not Betty White. Oh, she should have made it to 100. We're going to just say she made it to 100 because she had all these leap years in her life. But, like, somebody that actually inspired and opened the doors for Black people, Black artists, Black filmmakers, I'm sure just Black people across the board, it's crickets. Not, not a thing. Nobody cares. I'm not saying nobody cares, but like we're we're not going up. And I get Twitter is performative, but it's it's low key sad. Like, let's see, who was it that had the tribute to her today? I think uh, Stefan Diggs had on like Betty White cleats 
honoring Betty White. And I'm like, bro, you couldn't have did that for Sidney Poitier? Like, or he died today. Who? It's a, it, it, no, he died, he died two days ago. Two days ago. Uh, well, it takes time to make them shoes. I don't know. I'm trying to throw some bail. Look, he's rich. If you have enough money, you can make it happen. If he's like, yo, yeah. I need these joints today, let's, let's get it popping. Yeah. I think to to be fair to a lot of people on Twitter, like there's more more so a lot of young people, millennials are on Twitter, and Betty White being on Golden Girls um, and being uh, somewhat relevant still in TV. Um, Sydney Sydney didn't have that. Like Sydney's last credited role was in 2001, so he he's kind of been out of the spotlight. He's been out of the out of the out of the public eye for a, a good long time. This is this is not me trying to like discredit his what he's done historically because like Denzel, uh, Will Smith, Halle Berry, uh, any mostly every black actor owes their career to Sidney Poitier. Like he opened so many doors and a lot of and it's not just him opening doors, but it's him how he carried himself and the way he wanted to be portrayed in movies and TV. Like he wanted to be treated with like dignity and respect because back then it was hard to be a leading man as a black man. It was hard to be treated with some type of respect back then. But he just kind of was out of the public eye. And if you're, you know, what have you done for me lately? And I think that's kind of if I'm going to shoot these people some bail about not going crazy for Sidney Poitier, like he, <laughs> if you'd have told me he died two years ago, I wouldn't have batted an eye, right? I'd have been like, oh, damn. I missed it. You know what I'm saying? Like he hasn't been around since 2001. Like, and it's it's sad that it's like that, but that's how it is in the social media age. Like, if we haven't seen you, like Betty White's been on TV as recent as last year. Sydney hasn't done anything since like City shows up to the Oscars every now and again, but outside of that, we don't see him. Yeah, but to be fair, it literally takes one quick search to be like, oh shit, this dude was like a real life legend, and we don't do that. Now, I'm, I'm going to bring in another person. Apparently, uh, Bob Saget passed away today at 65, and if I had to guess, he's probably 20, trending on Twitter, if I had to guess. Let me, let me, let me check. Well, you double actors. check. Thank you, everybody. I'm finally here, you know, to celebrate R.I.P., Sydney Portier. I mean, what we obviously know is black people, they don't care about black people. Let's be honest with you. Like, I've already seen the, the Betty, Betty White sneakers. Um, I've seen people with uh, the crying emojis for Bob Saget. Um, but when's the last time Bob, Bob Saget hasn't been relevant as long as Betty White wasn't relevant? Like, when he, he was on Full House, right? That show was canceled in the 90s. Um, America's Funniest Home Videos when nobody was watching it anymore. And I mean, I'm not trying to say what? what he was on that show after everybody had stopped watching it, right? I don't think anybody stopped watching America's Funniest Home Videos like not that time. Show, I haven't watched that show in decades, so I don't know. But I mean, if you do, that's cool. I, I don't watch it anymore. But I mean, people just make a big deal out of these people passing away, but it's like when you'll have black people, it's like a blip on the radar. Um you know, another unfortunate passing last year, um, Shock G passed away. It, it trended for maybe 90 seconds. Biz Marquis, 90, 80 seconds. Like, black people passed away that are legendary in our own community. And it's like, eh, who cares? You know, eh, he was old. He was, he was 
a little chubby. He did lean, whatever. But it's like when these white people that are in their 90s, 99 years old, oh my God, 2022 is over already, worst year of all time. Like, come on, yeah. man. I mean, you know, it's sad that he passed away and it's sad that he died alone in his hotel room. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, man, you know, nine days with everything that's going on, a lot of people are passing away. So RIP to him. It, it, it's, it's different when you're a TV, TV actor and you pass away. Like, when you're in someone's home like once a week, you you build like a relationship. It's different because like with movies, how often do you see movies over and over again? Especially like back then. You see a movie like one time, maybe you see it twice. You watch Full House every week. You watch America's Funniest Home Videos every week. You watch reruns of Golden Girls every couple of days. You watch with your parents, you watch with your grandparents, you watch with your kids. They have Fuller House. There's like, it's, I'm just trying to, I guess, give the people that are kind of going up a little bit higher for these other two, as opposed to City Portier, a little bit of a reason. Because it's just like, like if if the if the guy that played, you know, when Uncle Phil died, that was a big deal because Uncle Phil was in our homes every week, and he he was he was really only known for that one show. But because of that, he was there every week. The reruns, we watched them all the time. We watched them with our parents, and we started watching with our kids. You got to just kind of, it's it's different with TV and movie actors. Like, TV actors have a bit more of a hold on people. Yeah, he's the number one trending topic on Twitter, FYI. So, we got to do better. Uh, you know, it is it is what it is. RIP to those guys. Um, Low-key, if you guys only know him, Full House, look back deeper. He was actually a pretty raunchy comedian, which is like, the polar opposite of the character he was on Full House. I did not know that for a while. Then I saw some of this old stand-up. I'm like, this dude is nasty. Like, he's a he's a wild dude. Mm -hmm. A wild boy. So uh, shout out to him, his family. Hopefully they're you know doing well. It's not number one trending on my oh you know what that's on my for you. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's number one. But uh, give us your uh, state of the Jaguars, man. You guys, uh, you know, knocked the Colts out of the playoffs, have secured the number one overall pick for at least the, at least the third time that I can think of. Definitely get us kicked off the internet. You do not hold the right, right, so sorry. Uh, so, Jesus, it was definitely a great day at the circus today. Um, you know, the, the Colts are obviously a division rival. Um, I don't know why they just came out and just flat out were flat today. But um, it, it was it, – it's a, it's a good feeling, man. Like, I, I was watching the Detroit game too. Honestly, I kind of feel like we we probably know which way we're going. So, regardless, we're going to have pick one or two, and I feel like who we would want is going to be available regardless. Um, but just being able to go out like that, win a big game, it's special. I mean, at the end of the day, we play spoiler to the Colts. Um, I wish it was the Titans because I actually hate the Titans more than the Colts. But, you know, it still feels great, man. You know, you you wanted to be able to go into the season with a lot of optimism. Um, we were able to see Trevor sling it finally. He looked good out there. Didn't throw a lot of picks, only two touchdowns. Still have an issue with drops. Um, but I, I, it feels good. Like I, I wear these Jaguars hat and shirt with pride today for once. Um, I heard your comment about the Cordell Patterson. We're good on that. 
And I heard, of course, that Calvin Ridley would be, we'd be like a target destination for him. You know, thanks. Um, I mean, he, he had a good year with you guys. And I mean, I know it sounds bad because we have two number one picks uh, in a row, but I don't want to give up any assets for that guy. He, he had one year that was really good. So it's kind of like you're a one-year wonder and then you disappear for mysterious reasons. So it's like, I mean, at best, you're looking at maybe a four for him. I wouldn't give anything higher than that. Are you insane? Why would I get? I mean, he's in the, he would be in the final year for his um, rookie contract. We have the number one overall pick. You're not getting number one. You're not getting number two. And we don't like, we don't know if he's even going to pull that trick again if he don't like playing for the Jacksonville. So why would we give up like a third round pick or a second round pick for that guy with one year of production? Because y'all need weapons. I looked up. The, you need uh, weapons. Y'all need weapons. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. So I, the Falcons twist this narrative. We're like the worst offense. So we have the worst wide, wide receiving core. I wouldn't look at you guys as wide receiving core. Fam. I think you have only had one receiver had one 100 yard game the entire season. I still in, wouldn't, but I'm still not trading. Oh, I'm not trading a top end pick for a guy that disappeared. And prior to that, he only had one good season. Like, that is a huge crapshoot. Now, I would make a trade for Cordell Patterson if he wasn't a free agent. I would give up something for him, um, but I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want, oh, boy. Nah, I'm sorry. I, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I feel like anybody does. Like, you, like I feel like you're being disrespectful to my team, saying that we're so desperate. We would take another scrub from you guys' team um, that had one good year. And get like I seen some people saying, yeah, give up your your first for him. Hell, that's stupid. Yeah, that's I I'm not second either. Like I'm not saying I'd say a third. I'm not saying he's a scrub, but I, I I would say that Arthur Smith terribly mismanaged this offense. Like he he made Hayden Hurst disappear. Like Hayden Hurst had pretty much the exact same stats, if not better, his rookie season, and he only played twelve games that Hayden Hurst had this year. Like Hayden Hurst had like a, I think he had like a 50 yard reception today. I'm like, where is this the rest of the season? Like, why have y'all not been thrown to the dude? Clearly, is fast. He's a competent player. Like, why have you not been utilizing him? It it just it it makes no sense. I I just don't really for Chark. That's that's interesting. That's the same player. One like two one year wonders. Shark's a little bit taller and a little bit faster, but and he's a free agent. If Arthur Smith is not going to figure out, if Arthur, Arthur Smith needs to stop calling plays, that's what it needs to boil down to. Like whoever our OC is, uh, Ragone or whatever, let him call plays. I feel like Arthur Smith needs to focus on some other things. Maybe be the, the CEO of the team. Like it's a little bit of arrogance on his part to be like, I'm going to be the head coach and call plays. Like, bro, you're not you're not Kyle Shanahan. Like, look, you're not you're, you're not that guy. <laughs> you're not that guy. You're not Sean Payton, who again on his third quarterback finds a way to score 30 points. Third quarterback. If Matt Ryan were to get hurt, we would lose every single game worse than we've lost our games now. You know what I'm saying? Like, that that's a testament to, again, I know it's Saints hate week, you know, fuck the Saints, all that stuff. But Sean Payton is an, an excellent offensive coordinator. Like, it, it is what it is. Like, hater hey, 11. Man was out here cooking us with Trevor Simeon and Tyson Hill. So, God bless. There's no reason for the Jaguars to be giving up assets for for anybody that needs a, a big contract. Like, you got the number one, number one overall pick. 
y'all already have the quarterback of the future. So if I'm the Jaguars, I'm trading that pick. I'm trading down. Trade down, get an extra first-round pick, and start getting getting good players. Getting good players in the draft. Maybe sign one big-name free agent to come in there and, like, fill up a – The thing is, every one of them is outside of Devontae Adams has a torn ACL, so that's even a crapshoot. I mean, I would do the – you can't do Ridley for Shark because he is a free agent. But if you want a Cordell Patterson light and you feel like you can work on him, I would do Ridley for Shark and a three. I mean, not Ridley and Shark. I'm sorry, Ridley, Ridley for Chenault and a three. Um, Chenault is basically trying to be what Cordell Patterson is, and he's on a rookie deal. So that that'd be the only way that I would work that. But I, I other than that, nah. But yeah, I definitely think they need to. Uh, trade down, find somebody, hopefully like the Giants or somebody that even wants to give up a second just to drop back a few and get the best available player um, that they can get. Um, if not, Evan Neal, you know, get your quarterback some time. Um, I, I really I, – I hate it for the Colts, man. Like, I, I know – what's up? No, he's, he's – he needed – no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I really hated it for the Colts, to be honest with you, man, because – like I like y'all have a good team, and it's like I was watching the game, and I was like, "Is this dude purposely like? Is he throwing the game actively? Like I, I just I did not get it at all. Like I clearly thought you guys were finna come up, not throw fifty, but maybe forty on us, maybe forty to seven. But you guys actually allowed us to score as many points as we scored all season too, uh, which is a shame. It, it's just crazy." Yep. Uh, hopefully next year is more bountiful for all of us. But after looking at the Falcons' schedule next year, I, I don't think – I think next year is going to be just as uh, disappointing as ever. So we'll see. At least we'll get a brand-new shiny toy out the draft to play with. I'm team trade back. We have so many holes to fill in this team. I don't think we should fixate on one person. If somebody wants to move up to eight and give us some additional picks, I am saying we need to take it. So – Music this week. There was a uh, tight end to Atlanta. Perfect transition. I definitely fumbled. But uh, tight end to Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta, a star artist, a guy, uh, Mr. Gunner, Gunner, Sergio G. Wow, he has a weird name. His real name is Sergio Giovanni Kitchens. Did not know that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he dropped an album this week. Uh, there was you know, highly anticipated called DS Forever. Um, don't know what that means. I'm going to be uh, transparent with you guys. I have never listened to any of Gunner's music. You haven't? I have no clue what's going on with this guy. I have no, I had no like frame of reference for listening to it, but I guess he does the whole melodic singing type rapping and whatnot. Um, yeah, so I listened to it. Um, I saw Marcus tweeting about it before I listened to it, and uh, I would like to get his takes on it because Twitter was doing the whole Twitter thing, especially in our Twitterverse, which is a lot of people from the city of Atlanta and the state of Georgia. They seem to have this whole bias thing. If you go back and listen to the last, you know, two week ago episode with Michael Pratt and Tribbles, episode 87, we talk about how Atlanta people kind of just, you know, with their own artists like Andre 3000, essentially you do nothing wrong. But 
Uh, Marcus, let us know what you think about this. Uh, this gunner, 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 gunner. <laughs> um. Uh, wow. So I kind of felt my age listening to this, or not listening to this, because I I understand it. Like I I get what the music is. I understand what he's trying to do. Um. I just kind of felt like, why listen to this when I can just listen to Future, or I can just listen to Lil Baby. Or I can just listen to Young Thug because he's just a worse version of all those three rappers. Like he's trying to do his best impression of those three rappers. And it's, uh, I'm not saying the music is bad, but it's kind of like, I've said this before, and I'm not, I'm not comparing Gunner to this artist, but it's kind of the same feeling I get whenever I listen to The Dream. Like I listen to The Dream and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just gonna listen to Prince, like, because Prince is doing this and he's oh, doing wait, that. Oh, wait, let's I'm not, no disrespect. So another Atlanta artist. Let's not do that. We're not gonna do that. But, but you get what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying, though. I'm saying like, there's a couple of there's a there's things that the Dream does that Prince does just better, and that's what I get from Gunner. I'm just like. Gunner's doing the same thing that Lil Baby's doing. He's doing the same thing Young Thug is doing. He's doing the same thing that Future's doing. He's just not doing it as well. He's just doing it at a lower level. And what's annoying about this, and I, I should have looked this up before I came on here, but I need to see who he is signed to and who uh, Chloe is signed to because their little whatever they got going on, this seems like strategic marketing. Oh, they've been see, they've been seeing that Laker games. They were at the Hawks Lakers game. The She's on his album. I'm like, this, and even even with that, that was a wasted feature, a wasted feature. You have one of the hottest R&B acts out here going right now, and that's the best that you could get out of her. Like, come on, guys. Like, it's it seems pretty obvious. Like, you got to do better than that. And I, I I even asked on Twitter. I was like, hey, how how are we feeling about this album? And I haven't seen. Nobody said anything negative about it except South Priest who said it was forgettable. But it's just like, is 21 Savages and Lil Baby's phones the only ones working? Are their DMs the only ones that work? Because at this point, I'm 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 starting to hate these two artists now because they're on everybody's album. And it's not fair because like 21 Savage killed his verse on this project like 21 that's 21 savage did what he does he's been improving a lot over the years but at this point it's like just give me a 21 savage album you know what i'm saying like i don't want to hear another little baby feature i don't want to hear it like if Pusha t drops this year and he's got those two features on there i'm going to be upset if kendrick does it i'm gonna be upset Nicki minaj eminem whoever if anybody is dropping an album in 2022 and you feature 21 Savage and or Lil Baby, I'm going to call you lazy. Because that's all it is, is lazy. You can't listen to these songs and say, you know what? The only person that could have done this is Lil Baby and 21 Savage. Because they've done it for everybody. From Drake to J. Cole to fucking Kanye to the Gunna to everybody. Like, it's, it's getting ridiculous at this point. Like, move on. Find anybody else. Okay, it's not bad. <laughs> what I want to say about either. the album, <clears throat> I mean, I went in and, and once again, uh, shout out uh, to the homie King Quest because it is King Quest 710 uh, because it is uh, the drip season series, which is supposed to be a really great series of music. 
Um, this is Forever, which is supposed to be the last installment of Drip Season. And like first, okay, so you had the AK Freddie Gibbs and and Gunna semi beef whatever. I know, I, I don't know. So he, I guess he dissed him on. Is it Poochie Gown? Is that what it was called? So he he dissed. It, it was the worst diss I ever heard. Like, why even hype it up? Like you're gonna actually diss the dude if all you say is I don't I don't f with Freddie Gibbs. He be lying or something like no, that. No, no, no. He tells fibs. He tells fibs, fibs. But I knew it was something that was Check really- the wordplay, sir. The wordplay. He gives fibs triple entendre. Don't ask me how. Come on, guys. There's bars over here. Bar I didn't talk. hear there was a beef. Like, when I heard the line in the record, I was just like, <laughs> all right. Like, it's like. Gunna said, Gunna said that this album was going to be the biggest moment of Freddie Gibbs' career. <laughs> he said that. The biggest moment of Freddie Gibbs' career. Freddie Gibbs has been nominated for a Grammy. Like, shut up. Yeah, that's a bit clout chasey. <laughs> Freddie Gibbs is going to kill him. <laughs> like, I, 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 I don't even think it. Freddie Gibbs responds to it, to be honest with you. Like, it, it's not worth your time. At the end of the day, he'll get more pub off of you responding to him because that was definitely terrible. Um, the album itself, it's just... It's halfway decent. It's got some bops to it. Um, I don't necessarily care for how it was mixed and mastered because it feels like the bass turned all the way up, which is cool. You know, I, I ride around, I have the JBLs, but it's it just like sonically, it's not pleasing at all. Um, I, I found myself while I was listening to this album twice, I was like, dang, you know, like I, I was like, my mind was just wandering to other things. Like, what else could I be doing, you know? Damn, I gotta go to Publix real quick. I wonder if they have chicken wings in Publix, you know, or I need some quarters, some chicken quarters, and you know what? I, like I was just concentrating on other things, and I was just like, "Wow, I really I, this CD needs to hurry up." So I'm ready to do something else. <laughs> like it just, it's maybe one or two songs that I may run a couple of times. To me, Gunna without Young Thug is a no go. Like they work well together. Young Thug is good solo. Gunna by himself, like you made a great point. He sounds like a watered down Atlanta rapper. Like he he's not gonna give you the the best of what Lil Baby does best. He's not gonna give you um the instrument play that I'm talking about with your voice that Thug will give you. He's not gonna give you that gritty, grimy, street gangster stuff that 21's gonna give you. He's just like the watered-down version of every one of them. And like I said, it's my biggest thing was, what's this girl? Her name is like 404 Low or something like that on Twitter. She was defending the shit out of this CD. And oh, somebody, yeah. somebody that, that obviously has their face planted in between her legs was like, yeah, this CD is going to set the tone for 2022, like musically, like this is going to set the bar. And I was like, okay. You know, I'm I'm on let, let's let's see, let's see. And I listened to it and I was like, wow, this sucks. Like it just it doesn't suck. It's it's just like I said, it's halfway decent. Like so just to jump in, I just saw an article on hypebeast.com saying that um earlier this week the highly anticipated uh third album DS4 ever, blah 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 blah. Uh in the album track list shared prior to the album drop. 
Apparently, Drake was supposed to be on the song Pea Power, but however, it appears it has since been removed. Huge mistake. Like, why would you? Uh, I don't know. I, slow down, slow down. I, I heard there's a snippet. I'll see if I have it saved still. But apparently, there was a snippet that leaked online, and I listened to that. Whoa, that shit is trash. I can oh, see God. why they didn't. I can see why they didn't. What that thing? That thing sounded like. Okay, hang on. I'm about to send it to you. That shit sucked. So the Drake stimulus package, but at least um, at least name value, people are gonna go to that song. It's like, oh shit, Drake's on a song. All right, it's lit. It's Drake. At least did, doesn't. But did Drake like mail it in on that one? Is that what happened? And it's it, you. I sent it to y'all. Go ahead. Just listen to the to the production. It's I'm pretty play, terrible. I'm about to play it. Hold on a second. Yeah, go on and play it. Yeah, because it's not actually on the album. It's yeah. She said, Is that moaning? If you had told me that was like a demo for Young Thug, I'd believe you. Damn, was there moaning in the background? I'm back in you. That's all that was. That's all it was. Like it's that's awful. Oh, and you, you're telling me Drake was on it? Woo! Clay Thompson oh. back. Uh, you telling me Drake was on that? No, no. <laughs> that's not what you want. Like if I'm Drake, I'm like, you know what? Nah, nah. Take me off of this. <laughs> yeah, that that was. Mm-mm. And it's kind of hard for me because I was trying to, again, I said I had no baseline for his music because I've never listened to consumed any of his, his music. But then I've also been listening to, like, uh, Nas's magic on repeat. So I was like, you know what, I can't compare him to Nas. Like, that wouldn't be fair. But comparing him to his, like, contemporaries or people that are kind of out in the same vein, it, it just wasn't anything that really caught my attention. It was like, all right, cool. This is a little album that came out, like... Well, even with that, like, I kind of went into this, this album not thinking it was going to be, like, okay, th- there's not going to be a lot of lyrics. There's not going to be a lot of bars. This is going to be, like, turn-up music, strip club music, uh, you know, party music, whatever. And even those songs weren't even, like, that great. Like, it it had me yearning for, like, what Ray Shremer used to do. Like, what happened to them? They were great. Like, I miss them. I, I need Shrim Life 3 and 4 to come out. Like... I need old Migos back. Like it, this is worse than what they put out. Like it's, it just wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> up to par at any level, in any way. And like maybe I need to listen to it in different settings. Like I listen to it at the house, listen to it in a car, I listen to it at the gym. I can kind of get myself in the mindset as far as in the club. But I just maybe I'm missing something because I don't know what people are hearing when they say like, oh, this is the album of the year so far. Like what? Let me ask you this to, to both of you. Are, are you adding any tracks to your playlist? I know South Breeze is big about if you if you listen to something he likes it, he'll add it to like a gym playlist or a playlist. Are you adding it to your playlist? Um I'm gonna any song. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fair and give it one more run just because like sometimes I listen to stuff and I'm like, hey, you know, it didn't really caught my attention. Um so I'm gonna do it one more time. I think there was maybe one song that was kind of cool, and I think it was only good because it had future eyes. So that might be the one I add to my playlist. But I, I will have a uh, you know better answer after I run it back. But I honestly don't think I can make the, the entire album again. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I added the uh, the song with him and Chloe on there. 
And that's the only song that stood out because of the the sample that I recognized. I was like, no, oh, I like hell, hell no, man. That, you know what? Crazy. I actually forgot about that. That was that was such a I wanted to talk about this too. That that was such a disservice to the original song. Like, um that that I mean it was a sample from John B. Uh they don't know, which is to me, if you grew up a nineties kid, like you definitely know that era when he had a he had a little decent run. He had the song uh, Are You Still Down, the album Are You Still Down? Um, and that song, it's a it's a really good, cool vibe, great R and B track. I'm not gonna say it's some greatest song of all time, but this is one of my issues with new R and B sometimes. Which I understand, Gunna isn't an R and B singer. Chloe did her thing, but it's it's too nasty for me. Um, and it just it's a bad sample. Gunna should have let that be. Like just just give the whole song to, to Chloe and just let her do her thing because. That was that was horrendous. Like, I, I hope I will never play that song back again. When I ran the CD the second time, as soon as I seen that title clip, I, I skipped past it. I heard it once. That was all I need to ever hear that song again. It was so bad. And the thing with the samples is a lot of the times as a person that's now in their mid-30s, you don't want to become that, oh, well, you know, you're just that old guy. Um, you you know, your ears are washed. You got hair coming out of your ears. You don't know what's going on. I, I don't want to be like that, but that song was just terrible, man. It, it nah, I'm good. I'll never need to hear that again. Like, it, it was so bad. I went back and listened to the original song. That's how bad it was. Like, I think that song should have gone to somebody else. Like, someone else should have did something with that. I think someone could have done something with that. I kind of wanted to... Because maybe it was you, or maybe it was someone else, where someone was was saying that you know they shouldn't even they shouldn't have been allowed to even do that sample, and I'm just like, I I disagree with that, and it is a thing where we are getting old because you know John B's being sampled, Usher's been sampled a few times. There's gonna be a time where we're gonna you know turn around and like Chris Brown is gonna be sampled. Like it it, it happens as you get older, where the artists that you grew up listening to are now being sampled. They're now old school you know what i'm saying like there's gonna be a moment where the golden era of hip-hop like 90s late 90s early 2000s which is my golden era of rap pete that's gonna be on the only station at some point where it's gonna be considered throwbacks or classic music and uh like how, how do you feel how do you think our parents felt when they heard that uh kanye west sampled luther vandross like that I'm sure they weren't happy about it. Like, oh, you can't be doing this to our music. You guys don't understand. This is whatever, whatever. And I, 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 and, let me stop you on that. The difference yeah. is that song was fire. Yes, like, there's a huge. It was fire to us it, though. It it was no. Do you think um, your parents liked that song when it came out? Your your forty yes, year old parents. I'm, I'm not saying that they might not have liked the idea, but the song was still good. But like, to, I don't, I'm not, did I'm not, they I'm like it? Ver- I'm not in the same. I'm pretty sure they could rock. I'm pretty sure I'm not saying like, <laughs> like the songs should have never been sampled. Like if they'd have sampled it and it was a good song, nobody cares. But it was terrible. Slow Jams was an incredible song. Period. Hard stop. That's fair. Yeah. I just I, I'm just of the I I don't have a problem with artists sampling other artists. Like I feel like more artists should be able to do that as long as you're paying the person, the original person. I don't like that how there's certain artists that you can't sample. Like I don't think that that should be a thing. Like. I think Jay Cole said it on one of his albums where he was just like, yeah, hey, if you put the art out there and then it, 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 it inspires me, wow, it inspires me to, to make another song off of that, 
I should be able to pay you and make that music off of that. Like that that actually, and I just want to say something real quick. That reminds me of something I seen on Twitter either yesterday or today, where, and this is something I never knew. Um, and I might, I think it was SWV, the song right here. They came out and said that Michael Jackson let them use that sample for free. Like he, he didn't even charge it because he liked the group so much. And they did it justice. Like if you were a Michael Jackson fan, I understand that song. Uh, human nature it came out probably eight to ten years prior but they did it justice but i do agree with you like it doesn't you know yeah if artists are paying the money yeah do what you want with it but yeah gonna that that was it could have been better like i like the concept i like the idea i just felt like chloe didn't have enough to do on the song uh i mean gunner's just doing what he does i guess but uh did y'all did y'all listen to the weekend you know what? And I was going to transition to that because I seen there was a bit of a like a controversy about Usher and The Weeknd, but I did listen to The Weeknd out. So since well, I, I did listen to it, let me let me get my little two cents in. I did, as again, the only semi-lawyer listening to the Joe, Joe Budden <laughs> podcast who hit episode 500, so shout out to him. Um, he de- like As much as people d- dislike his antics, he, he, has a, he has a great podcast. Uh, definitely can learn a lot from him. But he did uh, kind of go over the weekend CD. And from the snippets I heard, I was like, hmm. But I will see if you guys' analysis lines up uh, with uh, Joe Button was saying. Because some of the clips I heard, I was like, okay. But yeah, go ahead. Well, well I wasn't, uh, we can't talk about that. But what I was going to mention was that on one of um, his mixtapes, mix um, he did a whole cover of Dirty Diana. Like just from front to back, word for word, just did the entire song. It sounds great, but like that's what he did, and hmm. artists should be allowed to do that. So I'm, I'm assuming he paid to do that, but artists should be allowed to be inspired to be like, hey, I want to do my version of this song and be able to put it out there for for everybody to hear. Let me pause you. Let me pause you right there. <laughs> what's gonna happen is you have <laughs> Negroes like Ice JJ Fish saying they're inspired by your work and then putting out some bullshit, and then now you have to live with that for the rest of your life. Absolutely not. I will not have Ice JJ Fish doing renditions of print songs. Like we're not doing it. If Gunna can do it, not doing it. We're not doing that, dog. We're not doing that. We're not that's that's hard pass. Hard sue the pants off these people if they don't get the sample clear. Sue them all. Marvin Gaye's estate gonna see your ass for sure. Yeah, <laughs> don't don't ever play don't ever play Marvin Gaye on this. Three podcast. seconds. That sounds a little bit familiar. <laughs> my lawyers That's way too close. close. My lawyers will be reaching out. <laughs> we'll be reaching out to KTSEM at gmail.com. <laughs> Cease and desist is right don't now. Even, don't even hum a Marvin Gaye. <laughs> they will suffer the poverty, dog. Oh my god! Anyways, yeah, I'm gonna check out. I, I actually forgot about that. I, I really been uh, locked in on this Nas thing since we're gonna do the album review at the end of the month. So definitely look look uh, forward to that and look out for that. So, but now nah, I, I didn't listen. I heard it had a very heavy '80s vibe. That's about all I heard. But some of the beats I heard were kind of. <laughs> I was like, uh, do I need some cocaine for this or like what's the what's the vibe? I feel like that's the vibe you got to be on the consume that type of music so i i did listen to the album and i think where i messed up is that 
I listen to the weekend's mixtapes. Like I listen to House of Balloons, Thursday, Echo of Silence. Like I listen to those. And then I, I don't know what happened, but I just I just fell off of the weekend. I just fell off and I didn't really listen to them after that. Um and so when I listened to this, I was like, wow, this is pretty it's pretty good. Like I like the old school sound that these are like with him, what Silk Sonic did with the seventies like disco type sound. Like with him, he was doing like like that eighties a uh, little bit of house music, uh, still still a little bit uh, dark or whatever, but I thought it was pretty cool. And apparently he's that's what he's been doing. Like he's been doing this kind of nostalgia, old timey sounds. But uh, I thought it was really cool. Like there was like the, uh, the very first, the first section was like super 80s like it it was like legit like dance music i was like does the weekend make dance music now is that is that what he's doing because that's what this sounds like and um when i first listened to it through, through the first run through um there was a lot of like talk about like dream sequences and afterlife and what do you do once you pass on things of that nature you have uh, jim carrey uh, narrating the album which was a nice touch because I, I kind of thought I'm like okay Jim Carrey's on this thing it's probably gonna be like over the top you know how he is like on the mask Dumb and Dumber he's gonna take it up to a level 12 but he was actually like he stayed in his lane stayed in his pocket and it, and it sounded good having him kind of walk you through this album and the thing that I thought about when I was listening to this was and I don't know if, I, if anybody has said this or not because I haven't seen it anywhere but there's an episode of Black Mirror called uh san junipero i think it's called it's uh, the episode where um these old people are allowed to transition to like a a town mental it it's it's a it's it's hard to explain without giving it all away but there's an episode of black mirror about that and th this album feels like a soundtrack to that episode of black mirror and that's what i got from this like it's it's a great album and it <laughs> The funny thing is, is that the weekend because his last album didn't get uh, didn't get nominated for a Grammy, that he he went on this like long rant about how the Grammys are whatever like don't support Grammys yada yada yada, and this album is going to be a front runner for all the Grammys. Like this this album is going to get so many no Grammy nominations, it's not going to be funny. And I think that's just ironic that it would that would happen this way. I've only, <clears throat> full disclosure, I've only listened to one weekend album in my life, which was the last one. Well, I listened to this, I listened to uh Kiss Land recently. I, I it was all right, right? I'm a, I'm gonna go, I'm working my way through his catalog, I'll say that. And San Junipero is not the best episode of Black Mirror. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, striking Vipers Erasure. We will not. <laughs> That's shout out to Striking Vipers, man. They gotta jump on the metaverse because that's what it's finna be. Like that's 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 part of one of the metaverse. <laughs> Me laid out with the homies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Bring back Black Mirror. That they've been gone way long. Like let's we they, they need to come back. But yeah. So with me and the weekend, I didn't like the album. Oh no. Yeah, I didn't. Um, it's just, I don't really, like, I, I listen to, they, they call now the first three albums the trilogy, so um, I was in on that during the time. I remember um, 
my friend Kanisha had put me on. She was talking, oh, yeah, you know, because I, I like to dream a lot. And she was like, they kind of sound similar. And so she was like, oh, yeah, listen to this mixtape. She hopped up in the Honda and put it in. and Or I was either in her Honda. And we listened to it. I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, I, I like this. I think House of, the, House of Balloons was probably the actual first of the mixtapes that I heard. And then I went back in uh, on that Piff and downloaded all three. And I, I, I liked them back then. Um, and even as he has progressed on, I've always kind of listened. I did really like Starboy a lot. Um, I like the song. I like the when he first was kind of into that Daft Punk EDM type sound. This I just like. It's a couple of songs on there. Um, the song with Tyler the Creator was pretty straight. Let me get the name of that. Is that here we go? That was straight, and Take My Breath was straight. Um, and he had some other songs later on that I felt were pretty cool, but like. That Don FM, Gasoline, How Do I Make You Love Me? Like, I, I just don't like the sound. I, I don't like the sound that he was going for. It's not where I want to be. Um, <clears throat> the Jim Carrey aspect of it was nice as well. But, you know, it's definitely something I won't be playing back again ever. Because it's just... Ooh, ever. It's just, like, when I, like, I guess the thing for me is when I think of R&B, I'm thinking of and I know he's probably not R&B in a traditional stance, but, you know, when I cut on an R&B CD, I want to hear confessions. I want to hear, um, you know, some, some classic love ballad. Hey, maybe maybe you get into the EDM stuff a little bit or the trap NB a little bit, but I just, I wasn't feeling it, man. Like, I don't know why. Like, and then I, I find myself kind of like with the old Wale thing where they're like, or the old Kanye West thing where it's like, oh, we want that old Kanye. We want the mixtape Wale. We want the old this. Like, that's what I kind of want with The weekend. Like, I want the dark, disturbed, straight R&B, straight fire. Like, I'm going through it. Let me take some Xanax and just listen to it and just vibe out. Not saying I do that, but just, why do you always look at that? That's what these people do, not me. But because I did take a drug test today and I'm clean. Anyway, that is, yeah, definitely. And I know you are too, brother. But that's what I want. Like when I listen to Weekend, I want I want him to be sad. I want you to make R&B music. I want to be able to feel your music. Uh, this stuff, it just it just didn't do it for me. I was going to say when I listened to it, I was like, man, it, this could have used some uh, Daft Punk. Um, production and apparently he's done that already. So I I, I missed that. So I don't have that uh, frame of reference with the weekend. Yeah, I guess that must be Starboy then, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, someone. So I think J Jalen is apparently a big weekend fan. I probably should have had him on here. But uh, I don't know. I I like the kind of '80s like house music kind of vibe that it was going for. I thought the uh, the theme of the album was. I mean, it was kind of a little doom and gloom towards the end, depending on how you feel about the afterlife or whatnot. And just going through that process of like how your life is and reflection. Cause there's a Quincy Jones thing also on there. And it's just like, there's these things in your past that affect how you behave in the future, you know, and kind of looking back on your life and, you know, holding on to regret and grudges and, and moving forward with your life and being at peace when you get to the end of it. Cause it's like, when you get to that point, you can't, you can't do anything about that. Like once you're 
about to cross over, there, it doesn't matter if you hated somebody or if you were upset with somebody or if someone did you dirty or anything like that. That stuff isn't going to matter at that point. So it's like, why not just let that stuff go and focus on um, moving moving on and doing all that. Uh, but yeah, I, when I listened to it off the first listen, I was like, man, I like this. I really like this album. And it made... It, the, and the only reason I listened to this album is because of Donda, <laughs> because of Hurricane. I got I heard how The Weeknd sounded on that album. I'm like, you know what? The Weeknd dropped it out because I didn't listen to the last one. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. And I'm glad I did. Yep. I, I'm going to definitely check it out. But, you know, it's not really my uh, my cup of tea. But kind of sticking, you mentioned Kanye West, sticking with uh, legendary producers. Uh, legendary producer from uh, Paris, New Jersey, uh, Just Blaze, Justin Smith. Uh, he recently turned 44. So I'm like, damn, he's really young. He's yes, really been in the game Jesus. for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Like, goodness gracious. So if you don't, if you don't know who Just Blaze is, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. But we're, we're going to educate you guys. We're not going to leave you out in the cold. We are an inclusive podcast. Um, uh, let's go. Let's go to the let's go to the, the official wiki real quick. But uh, what I asked the the guys in the podcast to do, and I want you guys to do this as well. Who are listening? Definitely drop a comment. You know, subscribe, all that jazz. Even you know, bring it up in the comments. But I I, I made a, a mini challenge. Like, hey, what are your top five favorite Just Blaze songs? So I'm like, off the top of my head, I can probably do it. But I went to a playlist online. And I was like, oh no, I, I can't do five. Five is five is not five is not not gonna work. So uh, Justin Gregory Smith, aka just plays, American hip hop producer and DJ, DJ first, like most producers, born in Patterson, New Jersey. Um, if you don't know about New Jersey, Patterson is a dangerous place. Uh, Victor Cruz is also from Patterson. Uh, he attended Rutgers University for three years before dropping out to pursue his musical career, aka the uh, other college dropout. Uh, blah blah blah. He was a big producer for Rockefeller during the uh Jay Z's prominence with uh Blueprint. Him and Kanye West, the other college dropout, they had a heavy hand in the success of that album. So, definitely has a, a crazy run of hits. Um, he is an excellent producer. He's like, I, I get into this bait in my head, like, I love Kanye West, but I just blaze for what he does. He's he is a monster, like. It's not a fair comparison, but what I would say is that Just Blaze is like the Denzel Washington of producers. Like he's like a one-trick pony, but he's extremely Whoa, good at that one trick. Extremely really, good. yeah. I mean, he does. Like, he he does have R and B tracks. Like I was like, yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was gonna say uh, Swiss Beats' R and B bag is kind of nasty. I was like, if you go through like some of the stuff he's done R and B wise. It's pretty good. Like it sounds like legitimate R and B music. And when you say like he's like a one trick pony, every time you say one trick pony for producers, I think of Swiss Beats. That's why I automatically go. Swiss Beats has evolved a little bit. He's, he's, really. he's gotten a little bit. He's gotten a little bit better. Like they're like DMX did so much with so little. Like Swiss Beats gave him nothing. They <laughs> gave him nothing to work with, but the same type of beats for ten years. DMX had to work with that shit. It made classics out of it. Like Swiss Beats is getting carried. Like Swiss Beats is not someone who's going to elevate an artist. He gets elevated by the rappers that that choose to rap on his beats. Like 
when Just Blaze is on a production, like he elevates that song. The same with like Kanye West and the Neptunes and uh, David Banner, Manny Fresh. There's certain producers that like bring something better out of an artist, and I don't think Swiss Beats is doing that. Nah, not compared to those guys. Yeah. So uh, again, as the only loyal listener of the Joe Budden, oh God. <laughs> If you didn't know, uh, Joe Budden was act- he's actually a rapper before he was a podcaster. I think there are a lot of people that don't know that. But Just Blaze produced his biggest hit, which was Pump It Up. If you've never, you've probably heard Pump It Up. It's been used in movies, TV shows. That's actually on my list. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into the list. Uh, Tech, what's your, your top Just Blaze tracks? Um, Well... I'm gonna be honest with you. It wasn't really that hard, um, but I had actually pulled up something, and it did get a little bit harder because it's songs that, like I didn't know that he did touch the sky, oh, and so wow. as soon as I heard that, I was like, well, "Damn, I gotta add this now." So we're gonna touch the sky, song cry, oh boy, I really mean it, girls, 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 pump it up. Uh, I'm be honest with you. I really like "Welcome to New York City" too. Oh, and, so um, uh, fun factoid on "Welcome to New York City." Um, there was no samples on this song. He played every sound on that on his keyboard. <clears throat> so he's known man. for his sampling, but yeah, there's not a sample on that song, which is pretty cool. Um, so we got those, and my actual all-time favorite is um, I like this um. This song, it's on um, how was that album? Not the documentary, the Doctor's Advocate. Last oh, no. song on the album. Why you hate the game? Why you hate, the game. Why you hate the game? Like I love that song. <laughs> That's on my list. It's just like this, <laughs> the whole vibe to it, everything about it, like that. How you got the, the the church choir in it singing, the way the beat goes. You have two guys that are, you know, easily top 20, top 25 rappers, maybe even top 10 rappers going back to back on, on wax. And that that's my favorite song that he's ever done. Like, I love that song. I, I always have to play that song at, at some point. So yeah, that, that's my favorite from him. So our words are, are similar, but different. Um, like I said, I started the Russian bot has joined the podcast. He got already blocked them. Shout out to Chan. Uh, so I started out with five. I was like, ah, I can't do five. They're like, this This is even a done list. This is just a list of the songs I just started listing off. So um, I have Dear Summer uh, from F. Speaks album. He did uh, Dear also, Summer? I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's probably one of his more simpler, simpler produced. Yeah, but that's a classic song, though. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Hovey Baby off of Blueprint 2, which is a sample from, it's a TLC, sorry, I can't remember the name of it. Um, a song so great that I played it at my wedding, Show You How, Show You How, Show You How, show me, no, Show Me What You Got, I'm sorry. Show Me How is another song of the Blueprint 2, which is a bonus track, which is um, probably one of my favorite Jay-Z verses is in there. He said, he said, how you wanted my jeans is 300, these ain't diesel. These is Vizel, top is rock, you know the rest. A big bucket of frozen water on my chest. Oh my God, those are bars. Um, let's see. Uh, Compton from uh, Kendrick Lamar, Good Kid, Mad City. That is a fire track. 
Like he he does his thing when he gets in this uh, West Coast bag. Another West Coast song, same with the Tech, Why You Hate the Game, uh, which the, the reason that song is great because it has the uh, musicians, 1500 Nothing, they are excellent uh, musicians, drummers. Um, Show Me What You Got is the song I've had played at my wedding, which again has 1500 or Nothing on the track playing the drums, which is why it sounds so fire. Um, Exhibit C, a track he did for Jay Electronica, it's a pretty cool track. Uh, uh, my list right now is Blueprint Too Heavy, Meet the Parents. Great story. Probably one of the better storytelling songs, a la like uh, Kendrick Lamar's Duckworth song on Damn. Great storytelling. And then the last one I have on this list is Breathe by Fabulous. Great, great, great producer track. But again, this is just like, this isn't even a, a done list. This is just like the nine or ten I could think of. But yeah. there are so many more great tracks. I didn't even do anything off the blueprint, which was the album that kind of brought him to the forefront of hip hop. Uh, so I want to go with uh, there's a song he did for Diddy off Press Play called Tell Me that has Christina Aguilera on it. Love the production on that. Uh, I'm going to go with Oh Boy by Cameron. Uh, Through the Rain. And this is uh, his uh, R&B back, Through the Rain. Uh, throwback by Usher featuring JD mm. Kiss from Confessions. Uh, Why You Hate the Game, uh, Tech had that on there. Uh, what We Do by Freeway. Damn! And, 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 and <laughs> what We Do and Flipside, putting that on there also. I didn't even know. It. Wow. You know what? I, I, I would add all three of those. I didn't know he did those. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, I got. One of one of the few Memphis Bleak songs that I actually like around here, Memphis Bleak Theatric Day. Uh, just Blaze yeah. produced that one. That's a crazy song. Uh, public service announcement. I'm surprised nobody had that on their list. I mean, that's like the obvious answer. Um, <laughs> actually, I actually left off one I wanted to put on from uh, from Ti versus Tip. Um, I'm talking to you. Now that's on King. Uh, the game and trouble help on the way. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I forgot what it's called. But yeah, in side note, I feel like uh, Just Blaze has done like, I think T.I. is like the only Southern rapper to get like a bunch of Just Blaze tracks. Like they have a lot of tracks together for some strange reason. I don't know what was going on with that, but look it up. It's facts. But uh, yeah. yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the, uh, the bonus track from American Gangster uh, by Jay-Z, American Gangster. Just Blaze did that. Uh, song cry and Hovey baby. Yes, great. I'm talking to you is the one, right? It's like a nigga, you can stunt all you want to stunt. I know you don't go so good. Yeah, I guess they did have a lot of tracks together. Yeah, I I'm still trying to figure out why that was. And then also, I don't think Ludacris has ever been on a Just Blaze track. That's offensive. That's offensive. I was saying, like, yeah, it's got like five. That I That's crazy. Of. Like, Ludacris would go kind of go perfect with with Just Blaze. Honestly, I feel like that can't be right. That can't Google be right. It. Google it. Really? Google it. I thought, huh. I believe I looked it up one day. I was like, "That's interesting." Because I was like, "Why does I was like, why does Ti have these Just Blaze? Ti can rap. Like, he's a rapping ass dude." But I was just like, "It's weird that the the people that he picked, like Just Blaze, recently did a track for Vince Vic Mensa." on the album that came out last year. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't also worth talking about. But yeah, just play. He, he did a, a song on uh, Rick Ross's L L Port of Miami 2, big time. 
with Swiss beats talking on it. Yeah. But yeah, shout out to Just Blaze. Um, again, very young man. Hopefully he takes care of himself. And because again, we're, we're having a kind of a rap renaissance with Nas and Magic, like let's keep these producers out here doing great things and making great music. One thing I do like about Just Blaze is if I'm not mistaken, he's very selective on who he produces for. Like if he doesn't like, like you or respect you, he's just not gonna give you a track. So I, I like the uh, exclusivity of Just Blaze's work. Like he doesn't have to produce. Like he just, that's just his thing. Um, he's also like a, a, he's also like a big polo guy. That was like his thing. Like he's the polo God. I know Mr. Tech at one point was a polo aficionado, but like this dude, he's rich. So he's, oh man, polo sneakers, like gaming. I, I don't know if he's in the anime, but he's into like that kind of, I guess. Gotta that, be anime guy. He's into that type of culture. He's um, one of the weird niggas. I, Japanese guys like Lupe Fiasco or whatever. I can't. I think it was him, but like he showed like some of his sneakers. Like I think he gave away like hundreds of sneakers just because he had so many and they were all fire. He's like, "Yo, I'm dropping off these sneakers at this Dropbox. Go pick them up if you want." I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> and I wish I'd have been in that part of town. I don't care if they fit or not. Like, but yeah, he sees made that work. And so apparently, him. I'm not of because I was about to say I feel like. Uh, a rapper who could use a uh, rap renaissance like Nas is having is ludicrous. I feel like he's kind of been uh, underrated. Uh, his career has been like peak ludicrous was pretty incredible. And, and I'm happy to have lived through it. Uh, I don't remember listening to Ludiversal that came out in 2015, but apparently Just Blaze produced one song off of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it's a song like I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to this album tomorrow because I I have no recollection of this album and I wish uh, Ludacris could kind of make some sort of a come because like Ludacris and Megan Thee Stallion makes way too much sense. Those two on the song together makes way too much sense and the fact that they haven't done anything is silly to me. And well, I just, actually when we were talking about it in the group chat, I don't know if it was this week or last week. I actually went and listened to his newest song. I don't know if it's his song or. I don't know who the woman is, but I said what I said. He still raps at a very high level. Like he makes that song. The other two people clearly swapped it up, but um, yeah, Ludacris is still at. He raps at a very high level. And what that made me do once I got back onto, I went to his page on Apple Music, and then I was like, well, shoot, let me run through his essentials real quick. And I actually forgot like a lot of music that this guy did. Like you could easily make a case that he was top 10, top five rapper of the early 2000s. Like the dude has one classic album for sure. He has three great albums, possibly four if you want to get, get into it. I mean, Ludacris, he has, he, he has a big bag. Like I can see why he smoked Nelly. Like I was thinking because I was a bigger Nelly fan at the time, but you know, Ludacris, Ludacris is in his bag, like for real, for real. I think the only thing that really slowed him up was when he tried to be serious with that song Runaway Girl, a lot of people didn't like it, even though he was still rapping at a super high level. But it's like ever since then, he kind of just disappeared. Yeah, after he caught off his braids, it was a wrap. He yeah. actually was the uh, he was the halftime show at a Raiders game I went to, and I was like, damn, he's got a lot of songs. I was like, I still know like all these songs. So yeah, he's definitely uh, very entertaining. And as far as Southern culture is concerned, I mean freaking word yeah, damn it is it word of mouth i'm tripping is it word, word of mouth? mouth that's one of his albums yeah 
Yeah, word of mouth is one of the greatest rap albums of all time, period. I, I'll debate that with anybody. And back for the first time is straight fire, too. Like that dude, he he's put the work in, man. And I like I'd love to see him have a renaissance, get on some tracks with Meg, and like he'd eat that up. That, that that's his bag right there. Yeah, and that's why I kind of like the new versus format because it's like um I was, you know, of course the most recent verses with the three six and um and bone yeah i had looked at uh dj vlad he had an interview with little flip and like i don't know why like i was a huge little flip fan back in the day and like he was talking about yeah you know if they give me five hundred thousand i'll do a versus versus with ti blah 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 and everybody oh he'll get smoke he'll get packed up and i was like wait a minute now i went and i looked and i was like dang little flip had a lot of hits too for his time it wasn't long and I'm not saying he can compete with T.I., period, but he would be kind of good to kind of like a blast from the past. Like, I didn't realize Sunshine was such a big song like it was. Game Over was huge. So that's why I do kind of like um, that we do get verses and we're able to kind of uncover and relive through uh, so many different artists the way that we are by getting a, an opportunity to listen to some of their best work. So shout out to Versus for that and Swiss Beats and Tempo. Yeah, I think Ludacris would have benefited from performing the way uh, Versus is being done now. Like his, he makes like club concert music. Like y'all thought Jadakiss had the people turned up? Like Ludacris would have had that crowd going crazy, especially if they had it in Atlanta, obviously. Like Ludacris makes great, uh, awesome music. Um, It was good to see him on uh, Conway's last album last year see him come back and, and do his thing on there. Like, obviously, Ludacris is still able to rap at a high level. It just, I, things are just not sticking with him, apparently. I, I don't know what it is. And I, I think people just, they just view him as an actor now. Like, he's just in that actor space where it's just like, hey, he's the actor guy. Like, we don't want it. Like, no one wants to hear music from LL Cool J. Nobody wants to hear music from Will Smith. No one wants to hear music from Queen Latifah. They're 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 actors now. So that's that's kind of the give and take when you become uh, uh, an actor. And, and Let me ask you this. And I, I hate to just kind of, cause I, you know, you're, you're doing a great job. Did go. you see that thread with like LL Cool J and some of the crazy <laughs> things? That he, bro, I was like playing the guitar on women. He's at the food stop pouring chocolate syrup on her leg. Like LL is a menace to society. And I know like, People, they'll, like, bring him up. And I think a lot of people forget, like, LL's been cooking. They said if he would have dropped the track um, sometime recently, I think, like, right before 2020 or something like that, he would have dropped a track in five consecutive decades. Like, that dude, he's been cooking a long time. And, I mean, I know, you know, he gets a lot of flack for just being, like, a R&B style rapper. But, man, LL can – I don't know if he's still in his bag like that, but he – he, he was a great rapper. Ludacris, great rapper as well. But, yeah, what were your thoughts on that LL, that loud LL Cool J stuff? Yeah, I mean, the big Ellie, that was insane. That's insane <laughs> to come out on the song like that. And like, my head is like a shark's fin. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? <laughs> like, it, it, was, it was insane because it was just like, for someone my age, I hear people talk about how LL Cool J was, like, one of the greatest rappers ever. And I'm like... Oh, and I heard head sprung. Like, there's no way that you're talking about the same guy. Like, that can't be the same guy that you guys are considering one of the greatest rappers of all time. Like, there's a video of him getting like his hair cut while wearing a fitted cap. Like, this man is a mess oh. out here. <laughs> I don't know what he is doing out here. I don't know. <laughs> he either, must man. That was, stop. Wow. 
he must be stopped. Like, I, I don't get it. But yeah, Ella Kuda has been living a wild life, like right in front of our faces. We just haven't really paid attention. But uh, to go back to uh, Just Blaze, I, I tweeted this, and uh, I feel like I feel like Just Blaze is like top three, top three, top four producer, and I think he's above Dr. Dre. And I think it's mostly because of the R&B stuff. I'm not saying like Dr. Dre is a bad producer. Like obviously, Dr. Tr- Dr. Dre is like one of the like all time. Like Dr. Dre is an all time great. But I feel like, you know what? Am I gonna say? Because ah, mm, I was gonna say I put Manny Fresh over Dr. Dre, but I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm ready to do to do that. But what I am willing to say, and I've said it before, is that Manny Fresh is the most important producer in rap history. Like, without him, the history of rap is totally different. But yeah, I, I would put Just Blaze behind Kanye West and behind the Neptunes. I'd put him at number three above uh, Dr. Dre. I think he's that great of a producer. you put him over Timberland? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think on that. I'm going to think on yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, they're well, different the, the types. Is, yeah. I feel, well, t- yeah, Timberland, ooh, man. I will say this: I'm putting both of them over Dre. I think, but you can't. We can't ignore the R&B aspect. Like that can't be ignored as a as a producer. Like it's great that you can produce like West Coast, uh, riding in the your six four music like at an elite level. That's great and all that. But can you make a hit for Britney Spears? You know what I'm saying? Can you make a hit for Mariah Carey? Can you do those other? Can you make a hit for Mary J. Blige or whoever? You know, can you can you get no doubt in Justin Timberlake popping in the streets? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I'm not saying Dr. Dre can't do it. He just didn't do it. So if I need a beat and you don't tell me who the artist is, I'm naming those four producers before I get to Dr. Dre. Like, if you tell me I need a West Coast beat for a West Coast artist, I'm calling Dr. Dre first. But if you just you like I'm I have no idea who the artist is. I have no idea the type of sound I'm going to get. I don't know who's gonna be on the song, and I need a beat. I'm not calling Dr. Dre. Like I'm calling a couple of people before I call him. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd even probably go. I know he doesn't have the catalog, but yeah, just the with the type of music I would want to make, Dr. Dre would be super far down the list. Like a lot of his stuff was really samples back in the day. Um, I don't know the world class working wrecking crew, but like, and then to me, you do lose a little bit of luster when you have ghost producers that play a major part in your work. Like, I kind of got to knock it down a few notches. And like you said, he's not elevating pop stars and, you know, adding new life to people's career. Um, So, yeah, I definitely just blaze over him. Um, I don't know where I would put just blaze. Like, he would be top five with ease, but by to an extent, it's like I could, I could, you can make a case that I would put him over Kanye West. I wouldn't do it. I think the only person I couldn't put him over is probably Pharrell and the Neptunes, um, because they just do everything so well. Um, it just, but yeah, he, you know, for for a South Breeze to say he's a one trick pony, which he's not. That's insane. He does that one trick so well. Like he's he's one of the greatest producers in I rap just, ever. I just don't view him as a one trick pony. That's my thing. Like I feel like. I feel like the like the the uh, the the Oregon like that's kind of what he's known for, but that's not like a trick for him. That's not like a gimmick. It's not. A, I don't even view it as a crutch. Like it's just something that he's great at. Just plays it. So it's like, nah. You, you gotta you gotta pay that man his respects and kind of. Uh, 
I kind of wish he was a little bit more active, honestly. Like, I'm not saying he's not active, but uh, I wish he was a little bit more active. Yeah, it doesn't seem like Like you said, he's a little bit more selective. Uh, MC Cooper saying, uh, get a beat from Dre, you're going to be waiting six years. I'm not because I wouldn't get beat from Dre. I mean, I, I feel like his price is probably – I know Tim is like, what, 250 So I know Dre's probably like three to five, maybe even a, a whole milli. And it's like, what has he done in the last 20 years that you've just been like, wow, that's that's a fire Drake beat that he did with no help? I, I don't know any. Oh. Well, I was going to say what some of the stuff he did off of Compton, but he, he probably had a lot of, a lot of um, help on that. And speaking of Dr. Dre, um, there's a possibility that his Super Bowl performance might get uh, canceled. Like, there's a possibility that he might not be able to do it because the Super Bowl is like they're having – another venue i guess set up just in case like a COVID outbreak happens in uh los or uh yeah los angeles so there's a possibility that we won't have the uh first like all hip-hop act well not all hip-hop because mary j blast is there but headlining uh rap act at the super bowl and that would kind of suck <laughs> it's like this is the first one it gets uh gets canceled so we'll yep. see Shout out to the yo, Don Marion. Definitely, uh, people are getting packed up left and right. So definitely, do your best to stay safe, stay healthy. But uh, oh, uh, Tech, before we wrap up, were you able to uh, secure the the food item that we discussed <laughs> earlier? Nope, I actually went to three Taco Bells. They were all sold out. Oh my okay. god! If I want to wrap with this, if you listen to this podcast, like. Get vaccinated, but also do not eat chicken wings from Taco Bell because there is absolutely no way that in a chicken wing shortage that you are eating chicken. Like I've seen that it could possibly be. I know they've been they've been found to be using kangaroo meat at one time for their ground beef. Kangaroo meat. (laughs) I thought it was dog food. (laughs) Kangaroo meat. Um, Twitter is saying that you're eating platypus kneecaps. Um, you could be eating. You could be eating a litany of things, but fam, like, <sighs> they're saying whatever they put in the Popeyes chicken sandwiches is the same thing they put in the Taco Bell wings to make people go crazy for them. So take that into consideration. Like, what would make you think the Taco Bell would make good wings? I'm not saying wings are like the hardest thing. <laughs> they don't make good tacos. <laughs> Yeah, like their tacos aren't even good. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, that, you should not be running to to Taco Bell in a panorama. Okay, we get wings. Like, what are we doing? Like, you're gonna dip wings in in chalupe sauce? Like, you're sick. You have a problem. You have yeah, a problem. You're a victim. Yeah. Hold on, man. Let's L- talking about if they move the Super Bowl to Dallas to call Paul Wall to do the Super Bowl halftime show. Well, That'd be the will, shortest okay. Super Bowl so halftime show in the history of Super Bowl halftime shows. So let's let's wrap with uh, the whole Paul Wall tussle that was going on timeline, and that that'll be what we wrap on. My official take is that Marcus is correct, guys. Let's not do the Twitter thing where a narrative comes around and that we're going to pull the worst Eminem verse that we can find to say that Paul Wall has more hits. Because that is not true at all. Like, stop it, stop it. Hey man, I asked. I asked the timeline to name to name ten Paul Wall hits. Man, they were scraping the bottom of the barrel, 
And then it, it started coming out like, oh, well, I was like, are these actual hits or just songs that you like? And they're like, oh, well, you know, these are some of his B-sides. These are some of his regional hits. I'm like, so these ain't really hits? These are just hits in this neighborhood? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we doing here? Talk about, talk about Paul Wall has more hits than French Montana. No, he doesn't. Oh, okay. Now, I do think he has more hits than French Montana, but he does uh, not. I don't know about that. French Montana has a, he's French Montana has been on a lot of songs with a lot of big name artists. Yeah, he has. Yeah, Paul Wall, I think I, I could probably do. I mean, if you're talking about regional hits, I usually ten. I'm a person. I've been rocking with Paul Wall since Color Changing Click. So, oh one ish, like I, I've been on the Paul Wall wave for a long time. Even even when he wasn't writing his own raps. Um, but yeah, oh, the, <laughs> yeah, he don't even write his own songs. Chameleon <laughs> used to write his raps when they were first coming up. And then that's why people say when Chameleon left him, his style kind of changed a little bit because he was like, you know, he was, he was kind of vicious early on. But, um, I mean, he, he's a good, solid rapper. If you want to say that's your second favorite non-black rapper, third, fourth, that's cool. But don't, don't do the Eminem thing. Like, Eminem definitely has one certified classic, probably one of the greatest rap albums of all time. Definitely one in the top 100 for sure. Uh, People's Champ was a good regional album. Chick Magnet was a good underground thing. Um, Get Your Mind Correct was decent. And that's it. I mean, he was on Swisher House towards the end. But yeah, and and Drive Slow is legendary. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, Paul Wall's got songs. Like, Paul Wall, if he wants to get money, he's got it. Like, he he's going to make money forever in, in Houston. He's a he's a Houston legend. You know what I'm saying? Like, his songs do crazy numbers over there. If he decided to do a tour just in Houston or just in Texas, he could probably make a million dollars off that. But that's what he is. He's a regional artist. He's, he's a little boosy. Like, he has a few big songs that we know about. He's been on a few big uh, features, but outside of that, he's just a regional artist, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not disrespectful to say that Eminem is a better rapper than Paul Wall because that's true. Eminem is better than a lot of rappers. So, like, Paul Wall, get in line. Like, it is what it is. It's your turn. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, (laughs) play your hits in your neighborhood. Play your hits in your city that are hits only there. Get your money and... You're good. Like, and he's married to a black woman. Why would I disrespect Paul Wall ever? I'd never do that. I want like I was I was outside when Paul Wall was a thing. When Paul Wall was relevant, because he's not relevant anymore. When Paul Wall was relevant as a rapper, I was outside. I wanted a grill like Paul Wall did. You know, like it was not a thing to look at Paul Wall and be like, oh, this man is he's uh being a cultural appropriator. Like we understood what Paul Wall was doing. He respected the culture. He had the quote. He he would have had the invite to the cookout, quote unquote. But let me uh, ask you this, and, yeah. and I know you may not know as many, but does Paul Wall even have a major hit solo? Like just just him, one song. Does he have a hit by himself with no one else on yeah, it? By himself, no features. Period. Uh, he doesn't. No, no, no. And then the closest um, theme would be girl. girl. Yeah, I was gonna say girl. Yeah, I was gonna say girl. But uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, that's why I don't get the Twitter narratives. I know I wanted to touch on the subject 
Um, I seen the homie Lowski get flamed up for his views, but I'll uh, I'll save that for next week since I guess we're gonna, you know, wrap. But um, I just get tired yeah, of Twitter getting, and the views. I get tired. I get tired of getting painted as like the Eminem defender. But it's just like when you guys get out here and say like, "Oh, Paul Wall's a better rapper than Eminem." I'm like, no, he's not. You don't believe that. You don't. No, no, Paul Wall doesn't believe that. Paul Wall's family doesn't believe that. They don't. Nobody does. You only believe it on Twitter. It's not real life. Yep, Twitter where it's a certain narrative. But yeah, they, like it's look easy. at their catalog. Like, no, after 08, Paul Wall was done. Like, he still makes songs and. I tried to listen to him. I want to say sometime in 2020 or 2021. Um, I forgot what his last project was. I listened to it and his voice sounds way different. I don't know why this happens to some rappers. And it just, I mean, it's its something to listen to, but it's not, it's not all that. But yeah, Eminem, I don't listen to his music anymore, but I can't deny the impact Stan and some of those old that that Marshall Mathers LP that that had some tracks. Even the the Slim Shady LP had tracks. I didn't necessarily care for the Eminem show when he was doing all that cartoony stuff, but it ain't too many bars. It ain't it too many rappers that can go bar to bar with Eminem. Like he's a rapidy rapper. It's like one of you, the best at it. When you when you dis when you dis Eminem on Twitter, you're gonna get interaction. It's a it's like a cheat code, on honestly. It's like how when people um, say something uh, negative about Matt Ryan because they know they're going to get interaction, it's the same thing with Eminem. You're either going to get people agreeing with you or you'll have a few people trying to defend his honor or whatever. But it's just like, I mean, it, it is what it is. You got, I see right through what you guys are doing, like Paul Wall being a better rapper than Eminem. Like Paul Wall needs to do a versus against Murphy Lee if he wants to be competitive. Are they even still doing verses anymore? Because I haven't heard anything. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't heard anymore. That I stopped. Man, the other one was just three, four weeks ago, right? That's like a whole month. That's a long time in Twitter. Yeah, but anywho, uh, that about does it here for KTSEF. Uh, for shout out to Lowski, my my anime watchers, Attack uh, on Titan, the final season part two comes on tonight. So definitely check that out. If you haven't watched it, Aaron is a fucking monster. He is an animal. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, the anime recommendation for the week. Um, definitely would like to get deeper in that once Lowski can come on the podcast because none of these other losers watch anime, but it is what it is. But appreciate y'all checking us out. Definitely follow me IG, uh, Sapri706. If you're looking for some uh, fire Halo Infinite content as well as some sneaker stuff, um, trying to do a little bit more on the IG. Uh, shout out to everybody rocks with us. You know you are. And if you don't, then it is what it is. You guys got any shout outs? My uh my hot pot just got to my door. I'm about to make some fire curry real quick. So I'm hungry. <laughs> uh shout out to Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson's back and seems to be doing uh Clay Thompson things. So it's good to see that. It's good to see the uh the Warriors getting back to, to what they were. I don't have any shout outs this week. Um Shout out to all the the women that aren't complete psychopaths. Oh, oh, oh my god! No, we'll do it next week. It's cool because we'll you know we'll do it next week. But just shout out to to y'all because I mean, it's some women that are still wholesome. They're still holding it down, 
and it's some women that are complete basket cases out here. Like if you didn't know outside, if you're living outside of uh, the KTSC Avenue world, um, I had this girl, right? I got her number. She gave me her number 35 minutes, right? She immediately sent the video. No, she invited me to a wedding, sent me a video. And then she got upset because I missed a FaceTime call that I never received. And quick disclaimer, I actually don't ever, like if you FaceTime me, I automatically think that something's gone wrong. Like I don't even, between, I think me and Southbridge FaceTime two times and our entire, I've known him 15 or more years. Um, I don't do FaceTime. So I missed her FaceTime. Um, we had me. 10 total text messages back and forth and it was grand opening, grand close. And like this girl is just out of control and I'm like, dang, you know, I, I didn't know. And this is the second time this has happened to me. Like I miss a call and these girls, they just go buck wow. And I sent it to my homeboy and he was like, man, did you already smash or something? I was like, no, I've known this girl for 30, I've had her number 35 minutes like, and I missed one call. Like, what do you do? Like, it's the world we're living in, you know? It is what it is. Super clingy. And on that note, I think Mr. Hot Pocket is out. Marcus, are you still here? If not, I will uh, wrap it up. I'm still here. Oh, okay. But yeah, I'm good to go. I, that was just my only thing. We'll we'll touch on that another time. Uh, you want to do uh, Song of the Week real quick? Okay, yeah, mine. I actually found this uh, this Kodak Black senseless. That's my song of the week. I'm going uh, sitting sideways, Paul Wall. Hey, hey, the boys on the day. Yeah, I love that song. Uh, and I'm sure South Breeze is out. So yeah, of course, if you guys got any uh, shout outs, any uh, songs of the week, just let us know in the chat. We appreciate y'all watching while rocking with us. Look for this new episode on Tuesday. Follow Marcus Sniffles on TikTok and follow me on TikTok as well, even though I don't make videos like that. I just respond to him. And I don't know, a rice cooker? What's that? It's a rice cooker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rice cookers are essential. Uh, song of the week, I'm going to go with uh, Nas from Magic Dedicated. My music tastes are excellent. Screw y'all. Mine are kind of out of control, but that's that's my personality. Anyway, this is KTSE Avenue. Um, make sure y'all uh, like, follow, subscribe. Maybe we'll get you a free rice cooker. We out. <laughs> Sitting sideways. <laughs>